Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at builditandblossom or check out builditandblossom.com for more. All right, you guys, it is time for another fun-filled episode. I am actually releasing this a day late. I don't think anyone really cares, but I typically try to release the podcast episodes weekly on Tuesdays, and it is currently Wednesday morning, and I clearly haven't even recorded this, so (laughs) it's coming out a day late. I am here Wednesday morning. Recording on Wednesdays is a big no-no for me because in my neighborhood, Wednesday is garbage day and I can hear the trucks. They're out there somewhere in the neighborhood. They will be pulling into my alley to deal with all of my blocks, trash cans soon enough. So we will be cutting that part out. But for now, I am hoping it stays quiet enough so I can record this. I record in my closet. It's not a walk-in closet by any means, but I've kind of, I'm a small person, so I've (laughs) I've made it into a walk-in closet, or I should say a sit-in closet, but it is still very crowded. But I have managed to really get pretty deep in here, so hopefully the audio is okay. But I'm actually running about a day behind for whatever reason, because this weekend I was really, really exhausted. And I think it all stemmed from Friday when I couldn't sleep. So instead of getting my normal seven to eight hours of beauty sleep, I only got four. And I got up at five because I was just laying in bed. You know, that feeling when you're like, well, if I'm going to like lay here wide awake, I might as well like get up and actually do something. So I got up, I started work and then I worked until, are you ready for it? 10 p.m that night. So I don't know how many hours that is. You guys can do the math. I do know it was a lot, but I was really immersed in what I was doing. And it's very fitting (laughs) that this happened to me because, you know, here on the podcast right now, if you listen to the previous episode, you know that we are in the middle of a productivity and time management for solopreneurs and small business owners series. So the fact that I put in God knows how many hours of work on Friday. It's just because that's kind of what I'm trying to get away from. I'm trying to stop overworking myself to death, if this makes any sense. And I'm kind of sharing my results with you guys. So Friday, I kind of failed at that because I worked, I know, way too many hours. And then it just kind of threw me off for the whole weekend. So Saturday was okay. But then Sunday, of course, was Easter. And we got together with my partner's family. And the older I get, the more draining it is to be around even small groups of people. I don't know why. I hate it. But I can be around a group of, say, five people for even like three, four hours, and then the fatigue sets in. And I hate it. And so Sunday night, we came home from Easter from spending a day with his family. And I was like, I I crashed immediately. And I slept probably like 10 hours. And I hate that that's the way that I am. But I think that sleep deficit that I started on Friday kind of came into play too. 
Anyway, that's where I'm at, and that's why this episode is coming out a day late. And yeah, I don't think anyone really cares that it's coming out a day late, but I wanted to address it here because it's actually kind of pertinent to what we're talking about. So yeah, if you tuned into the last episode of Bite Size Strategy, that would have been episode 22, you know that yes, we are in the middle of a series. We're talking about productivity and time management, and these things are, of course, important for everyone but especially small business owners and solopreneurs, and that's who this podcast is for. But it's so important for us because being efficient is really the name of the game here for survival, right? So last week, if you listened to the episode, you know that I started a time tracking challenge. So what I'm doing is I'm keeping a record of where all of my time goes, and I invited you to do the same with me. So I want to ask you, I want to check in here, how's that uh, coming along? I've had no problem myself keeping track of where my time goes when I'm sitting down, like at my desk, working, but I will say it has been a little bit more of a challenge to track how I'm spending hours on personal stuff, like when I'm making dinner or watching TV or even just like reading on my phone in bed. But I have certainly begun to notice definite trends with how I spend my time, and I'm starting to make some connections to struggles that I have in my business. So I'm starting to identify areas where I need to take a little bit more care, a little bit of like extra caution because I'm not being efficient enough in those areas. And while I am super excited to share my findings with you, I actually want to extend the time tracking challenge or activity just a little bit longer for another week to gather more data. And I have things I want to talk about in the meantime here. So I'm not going to be getting into the findings or results from my time tracking challenge just yet. I am going to keep recording for a week and see where that leads me. I don't know why my voice just started sounding funny. Can you hear that? Sounds weird. I don't know. But if you are joining me in real time with the time tracking thing, keep on tracking that time. And if you haven't joined me yet, but you would like to, because we are getting somewhere with this time tracking activity, check out the last episode. That's episode 22, and in the last 10 minutes or so of that episode, that's where I detail how I'm tracking my time, like what app I'm using, and what categories I'm using as well. So this week, what I want to do is explore something that popped up in the last episode. One of the questions that I'm interested, really interested in answering during this whole series, because I personally struggle with it so much, is what is productivity shame, and how do we deal with it. And I know that I can't be alone in my struggles with productivity shame because there are countless articles on the interwebs about it. So let's dive right in, you guys. First of all, what is productivity shame? Well, of course, there's no single scientific definition of it, but I really like this one I found on a blog post put out by Shift. And I've actually never heard of Shift before, by the way, but it looks like it's some kind of app or something that aims to increase productivity. So yeah, I may be checking that out shortly because I'm kind of on a roll with that right now. But anyway, Shift defines productivity shame as the feeling that we get from not doing enough, often because we have no clear standards for enough. 
So part of productivity shame are the feelings of guilt that you experience when you take a nap during the day or when you feel you've watched too much TV or you've spent too much time relaxing because there were other more, quote, productive things that you could have done, right? And we've all been there, right? I think I pretty much experienced this like every weekend, especially if I'm not out doing anything and I'm just sitting at home on the couch, which since I'm a solopreneur, work from home boss baby who lives in a small apartment is only a mere stone's throw away from my work desk. So in the last episode, I talked a little bit about hustle culture, but I don't think I specifically brought up the infamous side hustle. We've all heard of it, right? If you haven't, what a side hustle is, it's essentially a freelance job or some kind of gig you take on in addition to your primary job to supplement your income. Now, don't get me wrong, I love a good side hustle, friends. My entire career online began as a side hustle, so God bless. Plus, the simple fact is a lot of us need that supplemental income that a side hustle provides because everything costs so dang much in this world. That's a reality that a lot of us face. So it's no wonder that the side hustle is so popular, that the rise and grind culture seems to be the essential way of living because for a lot of us, it is a necessity. But the side hustle way of life has got us constantly pushing ourselves, right? We're constantly trying to do more. We're constantly trying to achieve more, to fit more in. And sometimes, of course, it is primarily because of that extra income that a side hustle can provide. But it really goes beyond that, too, because I have several clients who at this point in their lives or careers, they aren't necessarily concerned about the money first and foremost, but they're still filling up their calendars to the brim for reasons that seem to be beyond words or perhaps even out of their control. And we've really gotten to a point where so many of us don't even have hobbies anymore. All we have are like monetized hobbies that have or will become attempts at side hustles. And I stumbled on an article by Omar Atani on this topic, and it's worded really beautifully. So I want to quote this directly, even though it is rather long, but here's the quote, you guys. The era of the side hustle has planted a quick sprouting seed in our fragile minds that we must be constantly pushing ourselves to do more and achieve more, that we must leverage whatever it is that brings us joy, whatever it is we're passionate about, whatever it is we're good at, and turn that major intersection into a money-making career or business. This, of course, is a blessing and a curse, a blessing because there has been no easier period in human history to transform a creative skill into a thriving online business, and yet a curse for it has slowly conditioned us to look at any creative skill through the narrow, green-tinted lens of monetization. All right, so that was his quote, and now you got me talking. (laughs) And for me personally, my hobby of web and graphic design became my side hustle back in 2013, and that shortly became my full-time job or career. And for the most part, that's awesome. I truly love what I do to the point where it doesn't really feel like work most of the time. But I do think a couple of weird things happen 
when you successfully turn one hobby into a side hustle, or in my case, a career, first, your hobby is no longer a hobby, you know, your vessel, if you will, for relaxation, or pure enjoyment is now a job. And so you need to get a new hobby, right? But then you start thinking you need to monetize that hobby too. And if you turn that into a side hustle, you'd likely be extremely overwhelmed. Plus the cycle would start all over again, probably, which isn't sustainable, nor is it healthy. Yet I think a lot of us fool ourselves into thinking that this is the way to lead a full life. And we live in this loop. And for some, I think the busyness is almost a badge of honor. It's a status symbol, especially in American culture. It's kind of weird, right? That a lack of leisure is a status symbol, that being so busy is aspirational and is something to be envied. Because if you think about it, a leisurely life where you don't have to work is kind of the dream, right? And if you don't have to work, you must be super wealthy and super well off. And extreme wealth in most cultures is the ultimate status symbol. So why are us Americans so impressed by being busy? It's actually a thing, okay? Like the research does back this up. Researchers wrote in a Harvard Business Review article that in a study they did, people perceived a woman who was wearing a wireless Bluetooth headset as having a higher status than a woman who was wearing a pair of headphones. Why? Well, because headphones are generally associated with leisure and free time, and Bluetooth headsets are associated with being busy and multitasking. The same article puts forward the theory that in knowledge-intensive economies, those people who have characteristics like competence and ambition, which are things that employers value, these people are expected to be rather rare. And these individuals are in high demand on the job market as well. And at least that's what is perceived. And thus, when we tell people that we are too busy, or we are working those crazy hours or putting in overtime at the office, we are without coming right out and saying it, suggesting that that we are highly sought out, valuable individuals, which enhances our perceived status. It's actually kind of a trip to think about, right? Like that dive's pretty deep if you really start to think about it. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of subconscious thoughts and feelings and stuff involved here as well. A lot of this isn't surface level. You know, when I talk about being too busy, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, I'm going to tell this person I'm so busy because they will perceive me as being a more valuable person. I don't sit there and think that. But hey, maybe that's what's going on down deep in my psyche or wherever. I don't know. Anyway, I know we've taken a bit of a deep dive into all of this. And it's honestly, it's a lot to think about. But I want to get back to the topic here of productivity shame, because it all is connected, I think. Because we live in this culture that values busyness, that promotes monetizing your hobbies, that encourages those long hours at the office, it's oh so easy to trick ourselves into believing that when we're doing something simply for the sake of pure enjoyment, we're being naughty. And I think that's why we end up feeling guilty for spending our Saturday afternoon on the couch binging HGTV. 
And shame is a very powerful emotion that can really shake you to your core. It can mess with the way that you view yourself. Shame may have you believing that you're a bad person, like you're a failure. And when we consider that, plus our newfound knowledge discussed moments ago, how our culture values busyness and perceives being busy as being in demand and valuable and highly sought after, it makes sense how all of this is tied together, right? What we've done is we've essentially tied our sense of self-worth together with how busy we are. So if we're sitting there idle or we're doing something completely for the sake of leisure and enjoyment, we experience this productivity shame and feelings of, oh my God, like I am a complete failure. And I don't know about you, but I will do what I can to avoid feeling like a complete failure at all costs. And then boom, you know, that's the cycle of busyness and overwork. And the thing is, guys, like being busy does not always mean that we're being productive. And who knows, maybe I'll do an episode on this topic too. But you've maybe heard before that multitasking isn't generally a good thing. We've been led to believe that it is, but it really isn't. And the reason why is because shifting tasks like all the time doesn't really allow you to do deep work because your attention is divided. And similarly, busyness does not always equal productivity. Sometimes we just engage in busy work, which keeps us feeling busy, but it subsequently drains us. And this type of work has really like little to even no effect on our big goals. And when you're working all of the time, but you're not achieving any big goals, you start to feel like you haven't done enough. It makes sense, right? As we get to the end of this episode, I realize that I've only really answered part of my question here. We now know what productivity shame is, but we still don't really know how we deal with it. How do we get over it? And I think that's going to be something that we'll be exploring in the next episode as this productivity and time management series continues. But for now, I want to ask you, friend, what kind of busy work do you engage in? And I'm talking about things that may look and may feel like work, but don't really have much effect on achieving your big big goals. So for me, one is checking stats for client websites multiple times per day. Stats are important to check as that helps determine what is and isn't working, but these do not need to be checked every day, let alone multiple times per day. And another one for me, which probably is not going to apply to everyone out there because most of you aren't huge nerds like me, but I get lost in research or stuck trying to find an answer to a question that honestly really doesn't need an answer and it really doesn't matter. But I like to try to find the answer for the sake of growing my knowledge, but it doesn't matter, right? (laughs) It's honestly kind of a waste of time and it drains me. Busy work could also be considered checking your email too often throughout the day or spending a little too much time on social media. We've all been there before. Even if you use social media for your business or to grow your brand, you can still maybe be scrolling a little too long in a way that it just feels like a compulsion and isn't really doing much for your overall big goals. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I am continuing to track how I spend my time this week, and if you're following along in doing this activity with me, I want to encourage you to keep an extra eye out for busy work. It's tricky because it's not something that we would typically think of or label as a distraction, but that doesn't mean that it's helpful work either. 
And this week, I also want to pay extra attention to times when we are multitasking. So how much are we truly getting done when we are multitasking? Would we be doing more meaningful work if we focused on one task at a time? So when you're tracking your time this week, pay attention to those times when you find yourself multitasking and kind of figure that out. Are you really getting a lot done or is it just kind of like busy work that isn't really quality work? So let's try this out for the week and then we'll reconvene with this whole topic of productivity and time management in our next episode. Yay, we made it. We made it without any garbage trucks, you guys. We're at the end of the episode. And with that, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bite Size Strategy. I'm having a lot of fun with this whole topic, and I hope you're having a good time listening along as well. If this episode was helpful, I encourage you to follow the podcast on your favorite platform. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and you can also visit builditandblossom.com for other brand building resources. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. I will see you next week.